really is appropriate for this occasion, this water baptism service this morning. And you can find that passage of scripture in Colossians chapter 1, verses, five, uh, verses 6 through 8. We're just going to take a look at three verses today. We're going to talk about the glorious gospel. The glorious gospel. So just for a few minutes, if you'll give me your attention, I want to share with you from this passage of scripture, and then we'll uh, hear some testimonies and make some people wet. And Lena, just to let you know, your dad has paid me an extra $5 to hold you under just a little bit longer, just to make sure your salvation is secure, okay? We call it power evangelism, okay? When they start running out of air, we know they're good and saved, we bring them back up. That's, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We are really glad to have you here. What is the gospel? That's a word that gets thrown around a lot in our Christian circles, and I'm, I'm afraid sometimes we use the word without, um, and, the, and the people we're speaking to, the people we're talking to, may not even know what that word means. What is the gospel? What does, what does that phrase refer to? In a nutshell, this is it. The gospel is the good news that sinners like you and me can be made right with God. The gospel is the message that God will pardon our sins and give us eternal life if we will turn away from our sins and turn to Him, accepting His Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior and Lord. John 3.16 may be the most familiar verse in the entire Bible. It says it this way, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gospel in the nutshell. The gospel is the truth. It's the truth that we are all sinners before God, all criminals. We've all broken his law, and we're under the sentence, the rightful sentence of eternal separation from God. But God, God loves us, and in his great love for us, God the Father sent God the Son to earth to become a man like us. And as a man, Jesus lived a sinless life. He lived a, think about that, he lived a sinless life. Jesus allowed himself, he allowed himself to be crucified. And as he hung on the cross, the Bible tells us that God the Father took all of our sins, all of our sins, and he put them on Jesus. And he punished Jesus in our place. He was our substitute. Jesus, a sinless man, died for sinful men like you and me to satisfy a debt we could not have paid. The gospel is the good news that Jesus took the wrath of God upon himself for you and me. He died and was buried in a tomb, the Bible says. But on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead, never to die again. You see... God, God in his love and his grace has overcome our two greatest enemies, sin and death. We no longer have to live our lives in fear. The gospel says that those who turn away from their sin, trust in Jesus, will be forgiven of their sin and gain eternal life. Man, that's good news. That's good news. How many of you have already received that good news? You understand it. It has revolutionized your life. Well, today we're going to be talking about this glorious gospel for just a few minutes. I, I, this passage of scripture reminds us of this gospel and its power and its glory. And I want us to just reflect on it and meditate on it as we, as we talk about it this morning. Because there may be people in this room 
who haven't yet experienced the power of this gospel for themselves. And I want, I, I, I want to just uh, to somehow uh, try with the Spirit's help to illuminate what this gospel means and how important it is. Let's read these three verses together. Let's briefly talk about this glorious gospel that we've been given, this good news that we can be made right with God through Jesus Christ. Here it is. I'm going to be reading it from the NLT version today. It's on the screen above my head. It says, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. I just pray, God, as we spend time in this word, oh, Lord, whatever strongholds or, or walls might have been built around our lives to keep your glorious gospel away, I pray, Father, every wall would come down, every stronghold removed, may every ear be opened, every heart made ready to receive this good news that you love us. You love us so much that you demonstrated it for us on the cross by sending your son to die in our place. Help us to see, God, that you're for us, not against us. Help us to see that we can be reconciled to you. Help us to see that this gospel can revolutionize our lives, restore us, God. Help us to see the power of this gospel, to get hold of it, to accept this good news personally, to receive it as our own, to take you at your word and be set free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this glorious gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Quickly, just want to point out five things about this glorious gospel this morning as we get started. The first thing I want you to understand from this passage of scripture is this, the gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. Verse 6 says, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. All over the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This gospel is for everyone. The gospel isn't just for kids who grow up in Christian homes. This gospel isn't just for people who live in certain countries or live in certain cultures. This gospel isn't just for people who've got their act together, who go to church, who read their Bibles, who pray, who never seem to make mistakes. This gospel is for everyone. 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 You're going to see that as we go through the baptism ceremony in just a moment. We have this precious young lady who's in sixth grade, as, is as innocent as the purest snow, right? Never does anything wrong, right, Lena? You're perfect, right? <laughs> Made no major mistakes yet. The gospel is for kids like Lena. And the gospel is for those of us on the other end of that spectrum. We've been places we're ashamed to even speak of today. We have done things we don't want anybody else to know about. Guess what? The gospel is for us, too. The gospel's for everyone, young and old, rich and poor, educated, uneducated, white-faced, black-faced, brown-faced. It doesn't matter. The gospel's for everybody. It's God's good news intended for everybody. Romans 10, 13 says this, everyone, say that word with me, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. This good news is for everyone. Are you an everyone? Ah, oh, it's for you too. The gospel changes everything. 
The gospel changes everything. Verse 6 speaks of it. It goes on to say, this gospel is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. How many of you you already know that to be true for yourself? You have seen, man, I'm looking at some of you, and you got testimonies of God's revolutionary grace. Man, your life has been turned inside out, upside down. You are not at all what you used to be. And if you were to stand up here and give your testimony, people would be looking at you saying, oh, he's lying. He was never like that. Graham was never like that. Richard was never like that. Oh, yes, he was. I knew Graham win, you know what I'm saying? I knew some of you win. I'm telling you, God's amazing. He changes everything. This gospel changes everything. When a person believes the gospel, everything about that person begins to change. Everything. The gospel changes the way a person sees God. How many of you remember the days where you thought God was against you, not for you? And then you met him for yourself and experienced that life-changing grace. And suddenly, wait a minute, God is for me. God really does love me. That revolutionizes everything, does it not? The gospel changes the way a person sees himself, doesn't it? How many of you remember when you thought you were worthless, of absolutely no value, but today you see yourself as a child of God? greatly loved and cherished by God the Father himself. How many of you see, you've seen the change? You've seen the change. The gospel changes the way a person sees the world. Remember when you used to let the world dictate to you how you lived and the choices you made and the priorities? You Remember those days? No longer. No, this world has no meaning to you anymore. You have walked free now of that, and you see the only person worth pleasing is Jesus Christ himself. Amen? It changes the way you see the world. Why should we chase after the world when all this world offers is only temporary? We'd rather chase after God. That's where our eternal reward is. Amen? The gospel changes the way a person sees other people. Suddenly you realize, if God can love me and accept me as I am, then surely I can begin to love others and accept them for who they are. The gospel changes everything about our lives. It changes our lifestyle, our attitudes, our values, our priorities. The gospel changes the way we see things, the way we receive things, the way we act. The gospel changes everything about our lives. The gospel changes our relationships. The gospel changes our priorities and our values, our attitudes, our behaviors. The gospel changes everything. 2 Corinthians 5.17 puts it this way, that this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Amen. Changes everything. What a glorious gospel. Are you tired of the way you're living right now? Do you know that it is taking you nowhere? Guess what? The gospel changes everything. You want to change your life, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, and suddenly, on a dime, your life changes. The gospel makes sense. The gospel's for everyone, the gospel changes everything, and this gospel makes sense. We know it rings true when we hear it. There's something about it we know. We know this gospel is true. It makes sense. Verse 6 goes on to say, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood. You see, the gospel is a plain Jane statement of truth. It's based on historical fact. This isn't Vain imagination, it's not some kind of fairy tale created 
by some human author. This comes from the very heart and mind of God. This is a message from God himself. On a particular day, about 2,000 years ago, Jesus died to pay the price for our sin. Historical fact based in reality. There are witnesses who saw it happen. There were witnesses that experienced everything revolving around this, this event in history. Three days after Jesus was buried, He rose from the dead to prove that His payment on our behalf satisfied the debt that we owed God. You either believe that or you don't. It is offered to you as a statement of fact. This is the Gospel. Jesus died for your sins and rose again on the third day for your justification. Now, do you believe that or not? Do you believe it or not? It makes sense. It, it's, it's like going to a bank to pay off a huge loan. Only you don't have the money to pay the loan off. But when you get there, the banker tells you, hey, it's okay, your account has been paid in full, you no longer owe this bank any money. Now, you either believe that or you don't. Somebody, historically speaking, wrote, walked into that bank, paid your debt off, leaving you debt-free. Now, you either believe that or you don't. Guess what? A lot of people don't believe that. They, 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 they walk, they, they hear this gospel message that makes sense. Somebody else paid a debt I could not pay. And instead of receiving that debt, they walk out completely unchanged, still weighed down by the guilt and the shame of the debt that they owe, don't they? While another person hears the very same message, they put their faith and trust that what has been told to them by God himself is absolutely true. They walk out completely changed. You either believe it or not. It makes sense, but you have to believe it or not. Right? I hope you're with me. The gospel makes sense. This gospel is a really simple message that's based on truth and fact. It's good news that makes sense. It's easy to hear it. It's easy to understand it. The question is, will we believe it? or not. John 3.36 says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. The gospel makes sense. Don't convolute it. Don't make it complex. It is exactly what it says it is. Take it at its face value. God paid a moral debt you could not pay, and he sets you free if you'll believe the message. He sets you free from that debt. The gospel's a gift. Aren't any strings attached to this gift? It's a gift. It's a gift of grace. Verse 6 goes on to say the truth about God's wonderful grace. We just sang a few songs about grace. We need to understand something about grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. There's nothing we can do to, de to deserve it. Eternal life isn't something we can earn. A restored relationship with God isn't something we work for. A new life with Christ isn't something we strive to achieve. It's all a gift from God. It's a gift from God. It's a gift that we are given because it was bought and paid for by the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He paid the price. All we have to do to receive this gift is just open up our hearts and take it in. This gospel is all about God's grace. This gospel is all about God's grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. The offer of forgiveness and restoration, this power to live a transformed life, the promise of eternal life, it's all a gift. It's all a gift. We can't earn it. Christ earned it for us. 
All we can do is receive this grace, this message, like, like the gift that it is. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gospel, finally, one more thing I want to point out. The gospel is for everyone, and the gospel changes everything. The gospel makes sense. It's a simple message. The gospel's a gift. It's not something we work for. It's something we receive. The final thing I want to say about the gospel is for those of us who have already received the gospel message, already have uh, experienced the transformation that it brings. We have already heard and understood this message. We have already received this, this gospel message as a gift. This, is a, this, this final point I want to drive home to you today. For those of us who have already experienced this gospel, glorious gospel for ourselves. Listen, the gospel needs to be shared. For those of you who call yourselves followers of Jesus Christ, for those of you who have experienced the life-changing grace of God through this gospel message, you need to hear this. You need to commit yourself to it. The gospel needs to be shared. Verse 7 says, you learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. Paul shared the good news with Epaphras. Epaphras believed that good news and experienced the power of it. He went back to his hometown of Colossae and shared it with his hometown. The Colossians believed and were saved. This good news has to be shared. Now I'm sure that God could have figured out a different way to share the good news with the people in Colossae. He could have sent a squadron of angels to preach the good news in the streets. That would have got some attention. Or God could have written the good news across the sky with just the tip of his finger. Or he could have thundered the message to them himself using his own voice. But instead, God chose to use human instruments to share the good news with the people in Colossae. Guess what? God still uses human instruments like you and me today. Ordinary people like you and me today. We've got to learn to open up our mouths and share this good news as best we understand it. We've got to learn to take the risk of sharing with others what God has done for us. We've got to take the chance. We've got to stick our necks out. We've got to verbalize the message. We cannot be silent. God is not a secret to be kept. The good news needs to be shared. Ordinary people like you and me. Listen to me, young people. The stu the, the, your fellow students sitting next to you in that desk, in that history class, needs to know that God loves them. You may be the only one that has the opportunity to let them know. Adults, the person on the other side of that little cubicle wall, they need to know that God loves them. They need to know this good news that changes lives. I know many of us are already doing a lot of things that I'm not aware of at all to, to, to get this good news out, and I'm so proud of you for doing that. And today, these new believers are going to stand up here and as an act of obedience, follow the Lord in water baptism, and really what they may not even be aware of is they are, maybe for the first time, witnessing to the power of the gospel in their life to friends and family who may not know which is pretty cool. Think about it. One of the first things you do when you get baptized, you're actually serving as a witness to the glory of God, to the power of the gospel. 
Romans 10, 13 through 15 says it this way. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We read that verse before. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? The Colossian church had an Epaphras. Well, Calera, Calera needs you. Calera needs me. Montevallo needs you. Montevallo needs me. Your neighborhood needs you. Your classroom, fellow classmates need you to take the gospel to them. God has given to ordinary people like you and me this extraordinary responsibility to tell others about this glorious gospel, this good news that we can be reconciled to God. We don't have to live in shame and guilt and fear anymore. We don't have to, to live this life that's taking us nowhere. It's good news. It's good news for everyone. It's good news that changes everything. It's good news that makes sense. It's a gift from God. It's good news that has to be shared. So I encourage you, folks, I encourage you, be prepared to share the gospel. Be prepared. Look for opportunities this week to tell somebody what God has done for you. Tell somebody about the good news that Jesus saves, about the good news that God loves them.